G'day. Welcome to Radio Notes. I'm producer and host of John Merch. Great to have you on board. We'll have our feature guest in just a moment. They'll be taking up all of this episode. Before we do that, thank you very much to you for your feedback. If you had a chance to rate and review, great on you. Or for just listening via the podcast, AM, FM or digital broadcast as it comes out. Released first as a podcast on a Sunday and then shared across the week via various channels. The next month or so are being planned as I speak, literally writing notes as I speak to you. So with no further ado, let's launch into this episode's feature guest. David Thor, known for his parts with the Cactus Channel and Frida, has now released his own debut mini-album, I'm Never Really Here. Very much a solo release with solace within to match. Luckily, Radio Notes, as part of the Melbourne tour, got to pair up with David over a copy to share insight on the latest recordings and more. As you'll hear, they also have a role within Hope Street recording as well. Let's hear what they had to say and discover more about the unique record that's been released. David, welcome to Radio Notes. Hello. Multifaceted as you are as a musician, where did David come from in terms of the Melbourne music scene? So I went to school at Princess Hill Secondary College with what is now like the band The Cactus Channel that I still play with and is one of my main projects. So I guess we just started playing really strange music in, you know, year eight in the practice rooms. We'd go in there every lunchtime and just kind of make up weird music. So yeah, we just kind of started playing every lunchtime and that turned into a really solid passion for us and we took that further and through high school through late high school we were still playing we released a few records and on to go to the VCA to do a music performance degree was it a collective decision to continue that musical journey together I guess so I think we just like if you remove the music we also just got along really well and hung out all the time so we were like best friends would also make music it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision to keep on going we just really enjoyed it so we did um and the uni side of it i guess that was the moment when we like properly solidified the fact that we wanted to pursue music Mm -hmm. um and it just happened that we really like still playing with each other it's been like 10 11 years now which is cool that's a decade of making music what have you learned within that decade about life and music and that connection is there a connection for you I don't know. That's a hard question. I guess it's just been very ingrained in what I have been doing for the past, when I finished uni. I think I finished uni about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And then there was three years of uni. So I guess the past six years have been just working and living in music. So it's felt really normal. And I guess I've, yeah, I'm not sure how to answer or what what to answer with that. So let's go back to the teenage and the younger years. Yeah. The first instrument you picked up? Guitar. My mum bought this really kind of cheap, shitty acoustic nylon string guitar at a garage sale. And she gave that to me. And that was maybe in year seven. But before that, I didn't really have anything to do with music. Like I went to a Steiner school, so I, I played recorder and I was very like artsy. Yeah, I didn't really touch music till year seven. So it was just this cheap nylon guitar that I still have, which is really beautiful sounding. What place in your life does that have? Is it in a lounge room? Is it tucked under the bed? It just kind of sits on my guitar rack at the Mm -hmm. moment. 
So it's still visual to you. Yeah, and it's a good reminder of like the feeling of when I started playing music. I guess the feeling of like, you know, the first songs that I learned. I kind of learned a few classical Spanish like finger picking tunes when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of that and I guess the feeling of playing guitar, which is really nice. And the reminder, yeah. This is very much a rock quiz question, but I'll ask it and acknowledge that it comes from a rock quiz kind of realm. What was that first album? <laughs> I was I feel like this is very cliched for a guitar player in year seven, but yeah, I started it. playing um But it was year seven you got the album? It wasn't necessarily an album. I think it was just me trying to play some some rock tunes. For instance, Stairway to Heaven, of course. Mm-hmm. Gotta learn that on guitar. Um and then a couple of ACDC tunes. But then I kind of got more into like older blues music and through that and then through playing with the Cactus Channel and the people in there, we just kind of started getting into old like New Orleans soul music. And The, the crux derivatives. of that question though, what was the first physical album you got? The first physical album CD that I got was Eminem Encore. So very unrelated to, to this guitar music, but it was that. Where had that come from? That was before high school as well. I think that was like... Did someone give it to you? No, I think I went into one of those like... I think it's Sanity. I don't know if that's still a thing. It might have even been in like a... Because my dad lives in um, in the Southern Highlands near Sydney. Mm-hmm. It might have been like in that kind of smaller city, large country. Do you town. remember why you got it? Was it cheap? Did the cover look nice? Had you actually heard? I think I'd heard some of it. And then, I don't know, it was like the the toughness of it or something it's like a you know 11 year old kid getting kind of bewildered by Eminem wasn't the beat no because I don't think I'd really heard the album before I bought it so maybe it was the cover and just the I guess the the character of Eminem that I'd you know seen or heard about so what was the first record you gave someone else and if you wish Mm. to say who was it first record I gave someone else I actually don't know What's the vibe been on listening to a test pressing for that first time when it comes back from the manufacturer? That, I, I think I've been really lucky because I also work at Hope Street Recordings, our label. So I've been lucky. I've like not only have gotten my test pressings from things I'm involved in, but also other bands on the label. But it's probably the best time that you will, or like the most exciting you know, placement of the record and the listen but you're also listening really attentively because you're listening for the faults in the vinyl. <laughs> you know, hopefully there aren't any, but sometimes there are. But it's kind of like a a realization of the whole project and the whole release just kind of into one little little moment. Everything's done. You know, you've got it in front of you. It's tangible. Yeah, it's really it's really nice that first test pressing. Do you remember one in particular? I remember our latest album with the Cactus Channel. That was like last November it came out. I remember that because that was a... I mean, for me and I think for us as a band, that was a very like new page in our book. And for us as musos as well. Exciting. How many bands are have you been in? Have you done the count? Yeah. I thought it was I think, six. I think it's six. Although, hang on. Like bands that I'm creatively involved in as well. Because I also pl- kind of just play sessionally, quote unquote, in a few. But my, I guess, projects are... Cactus Channel, Frida, Karate Boogaloo, my thing now. There's, they're the creative okay. ones. And then I've played guitar with, um, like, Leisure Center, used to be the Do Your Things. Um, 
and Wilson for a bit and I think that's it it's a full-time job for you can't yeah like between working at Hope Street and doing all the music definitely it's like a more than full-time thing yeah it's good it's it's great great position where is the production of music do you feel personally going in the next little while because we've gone through a few changes obviously the resurgence of vinyl which has been great for for the kind of releases you've been doing yeah but how do you see it moving ahead because there's a lot of doom and gloom that could be said Mm. is that the reality in terms of listener engagement and and yeah i feel like i mean i think it's kind of been obvious that the album format has kind of been falling down to a degree and singles are like where people engage and where people listen and like playlisting and everything Mm. but I still really love albums and I think half the time I don't even know what the song's called because I just listen from the top of the album and I don't really look at it so I'm still very much in album format and like a collection of songs and not just the the standalone single that narrative structure of an album how important that is for you as a listener I think it can be it can be really great for context of certain songs like maybe if you hear the seventh track and it was say placed second or third it might ruin the flow or it might you might hear it in a different light and it might like the artist's intention maybe won't get across the listener as well I guess the like the structure and the context of the placement of each song is pretty important as a whole piece of work what genres apart from that that you already do yourself tick your boxes I feel like every genre genre can do it and does do it are we moving away from a sense of genre Mm -hmm. to a sense of experience with a particular artist and and their message yeah maybe a lot of artists are cross-referencing different genres and you know creating their own sound through doing that definitely more into it being less kind of genre driven and more just what the statement is or what the I guess sonic or textural palette is yeah David the solo project obvious question why go solo is it something you've been doing all along and it's time to shine or was there a catalyst for saying got to get it done yeah I wouldn't say I'm going solo I'm, I'm definitely doing that as well but it's not to say that I'm ending the band things at all I guess because I've always worked with you know five six plus people with writing music and releasing it and playing it's something I've gotten very used to and it's been really great but I just kind of was interested in trying it the other way and you know having to make all the decisions and drive it completely myself and also be able to make all the creative decisions and just also explore different forms of songwriting and also lyric writing is something I've never really done before what life experiences are coming into the lyric writing? With this EP, I guess broadly, it's been a good way for me to kind of like, I guess open up and be a bit more confident about myself. But also there are some more specific instances of like, I guess some like family, you know, issues that have come up. And also relationship, you know, ups and downs. And um, yeah, just kind of like dealing with that. And it also really helped me actually deal with it and like figure out a solution to the problem. Because I was writing a lot of the lyrics in the time of like a kind of breakup, mm-hmm. get back together, confusing time. So that really actually helped me like figure out what was happening. 
just by writing things down and then processing that way by sharing those aspects and particularly those that involve another person or people yeah how much of it did you share before you decided to make it onto the uh, the release um i probably shared i don't know i definitely would have shared a bit with the person in question and with some friends as well but i think i think i did internalize a lot of it and left it for the songs not really consciously i think it just happened like that and then now that i did that it's kind of like i feel like i don't i feel like it's out and i don't really need to i mean myself i don't need to really talk about it or figure it out anymore yeah in terms of self-discovery during that time and particularly maybe in younger years it might have been different did you find that you actually had tapped into a part of yourself that you didn't know actually existed like I've been I guess with thinking about lyric writing I've been very self-conscious and it's a thing that I'm not used to at all because I'm used to just making like instrumental music it was nice to realize that I mean I don't know maybe my lyrics are terrible maybe they're okay I don't know I'm not really going to judge that but it was kind of nice to finish you know a statement in a song and actually yeah actually like finish it and say it and feel kind of like half decent about it and then learn that I can attempt this and do this how much life have you put into your instrumental works over the years how much life um because there's a sense of expression when you do instrument totally a a sense of you in it definitely with the instrumental stuff, because I've been doing it a lot longer, it comes a lot more naturally and maybe it is more subconscious as well. Like it just through what I like listening to and what I like playing, I guess those feelings come out in the instruments. I guess it's a lot more intangible and kind of hard to to pinpoint with instrumental stuff. But it's still a sense of conversation, isn't it? Yeah. It's still your voice in those instrumentations. Yeah, definitely with the EP as well I played everything and recorded everything myself Um, so I had to like play drums and that was that's probably the least tight thing (laughs) on the music but I think like it still had my hopefully had my personality in it and my feel I guess and I I think if I'm you know if I'm doing everything I hope there's like some kind of connection between me playing drums and me playing bass and it all feels like it's kind of being held together by my style of even if it's an instrument I don't know (laughs) where does this work get done I was living in Northgate for about a year and a bit so that was a few months ago but um, up until April or so so that was about six months of being in a Northgate house and I had a little I was really lucky to have a little studio in there so I kind of squeezed in this drum kit in a corner and super crammed but also really comfortable and felt really nice to make music in there. Did you give yourself a schedule to be in that room? Not really. I just kind of got more and more used to the process and being comfortable sitting down to do it so then that kind of made me get into the room more and more. How many hours do you think you spent making the album? Oh god particularly in that room I'm thinking yeah in that room it would have been like would have been like 60 to 70 plus hours in there Um, and then I did a little bit 
in my new house as well just kind of finalizing things but um a lot (laughs) we're speaking to david thor he is not just a multi-instrumentalist composer (laughs) performer new title (laughs) and writer of his own work he also uh, manages a few artists as well let's talk briefly about that aspect of your life the the boss of other bands and outfits you may well be in them Mm -hmm. noted that's usually the case (laughs) but also taking that lead taking that charge that role what joy is there or otherwise in having a number of bands that that are yours you know they've all been very democratic and we all creatively we all contribute but i guess i got into and was interested in managing things through I'm very organized and I like to kind of be on top of everything and I guess I may micromanage a little too much but that's just the way it is <laughs> but I started doing a like internship if you say at Hope Street Recordings mm-hmm. um, and just kind of working with those those people on release management and like I'm um, doing bits of PR and kind of learning the way, learning how that side of the industry works. And then I started getting more interested in managing the bands. But there was like bands that I was in. So I guess it's very like selfish management. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd have time to manage <laughs> someone not, you know, part of. Of course, you can't speak about Hope Street because of their own entity. And that's, that's fair enough. Totally. But just give us an idea, if it's okay, what kind of artists they sort of look after. Yeah. I guess Hope Street's been very strong in the funk soul world. And I guess world I hate world is just a genre like Latin salsa and like there's a it's like pops its own little planet I somewhere know. else world I always have to do like quote marks yeah so they've been very supportive in the funk soul realm I guess with the Cactus Channel and the Putbacks and uh, Emma Donovan yep. amazing and Bombay Royale weird psycho Bollywood stuff yeah they've been really supportive in that sector travel is a key for some people Mm -hmm. to their musical experience has that been the case for you i love traveling i've been lucky enough to do it quite a bit because my mum's german and i've been over to europe a couple Mm -hmm. times as a band we've traveled around australia quite a bit um, but have never really done overseas Mm. it would be i'd love to i've been to singapore a few times with frida that was a lot of fun New Zealand, if you count that. <laughs> you mentioned your mum, who's German. Yeah, I was there when I was three for maybe half a year or a little bit longer and understood the language. I couldn't speak it, but I would answer back. And I guess I just became a little bit familiar with the culture and the atmosphere from then. I don't know, for some reason I have felt quite comfortable when I've been back. If it's the, I don't know, the food or the hearing the language as well. I haven't spent a heap of time in a particular spot. A little bit of time in Berlin, as the, and it's a great place, as the cliches all <laughs> say. Yeah, I really do enjoy it there. I haven't quite figured out what it is or why. Maybe it's just quite literally that my mum is German. So would you tour there? I'd love to, yeah. yeah. As a solo artist? That'd be cool. I've been thinking about it more and more, actually. Like, why don't I just get up and leave? Just go live somewhere else for a little bit. And that's a kind of exciting thought, and maybe I'll do that. Does life give you those freedoms at this stage? I guess so. Like, everything's pretty flexible, I guess. I'm young. I can... Yeah. Actually, yeah. I could. I could do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's just one of those things you shouldn't think about too much and just 
go for it. What is the next 10 years about? Over the past year or so, I've gotten into a nice routine and I've felt really... Like, it's been really rewarding writing my own music. So I definitely want to keep on pushing that and um, exploring that and writing more releases. We've also just started writing more with the Cactus Channel as well. That's been feeling really good. Um, and just, I guess, collaborating more with people. I'm now living in a house with musos, which I haven't done before. So that's really nice. Pretty new for you it sounds like having yeah. recently moved from Northcott to there the music house what does that mean how is it different or same to other shared living yeah well also for context I haven't actually like I've I've lived with my partner and uh, another housemate the rest of my out of home living so this is actually the first you know share house in the classic sense of it sure I really enjoy it like I guess living with musicians is great in a way that you get pushed even if no one's pushing you to do more music and to explore new things and explore more ideas because everyone's kind of doing it and everyone's... I guess it's the competitive spirit of the human being. You know, you kind of want to keep up with your friends and learn with them. and So that's the that's a really cool thing. Also just collaborating a little bit. We haven't done a heap of that yet, but... I'd like to do that a bit more. There's visions of lyrics on fridges. That's not the case. Not quite the case. And like, we also, I think it's also important to keep your home environment, like have a degree of separation from your creative self as well. Like I would probably not be very comfortable if it was like, sweet, there's rehearsals every <laughs> night in my living room. Yeah, love that. You're saying that. that's not the case? <laughs> it's not rock and roll? No, I'm, I'm not that rock and roll. I feel like that would be a little bit weird for me. But there's a sense of musical empathy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I guess also everyone's playing music in their rooms or we play it together in the living room, hear new artists. It's really nice. How does the collaborative process work for David? I haven't done it a lot like as just myself. Like With Cactus Channel, we've collaborated with Nick Murphy and Sam Cromack from Ballpark Music. And that sounds amazing. It was so good. I really loved working with Sam. It was just a good hang as well. Like, he was really great at kind of instantly kind of pushing things in a certain direction or just kind of sitting comfortably with, you know, these like seven musos who have been playing together for like 10 years. We all have a very like comfortable bond and even sometimes our own language. So he slotted into that really well and then we also I think we adapted to his his writing and his style really well as well I guess just being open I think you have to be open because we used to write mainly by just playing together and kind of making up ideas on the spot and then you know we'd record that on a phone and then someone would kind of piece together a few bits that were that were working and then we'd come back and try and make it into a proper form and you know write it properly more and more we've been doing the individual approach I guess mm -hmm. and you know someone would come to the group with a demo and we'd all kind of roughly learn it and then give our own flavour so there's a bit of both there's a bit of like stepping back and letting other people take the rein for a bit and then you kind of come in with your idea but I also think you, it's important to not be scared to say what you want because we're all friends at the end of the day and David, let's uh, lighten the mood and talk about food. Food. Ooh. <laughs> What's been some of the most memorable food experiences? 
food in Singapore was wild and so cheap and everywhere. Lobster was a bit of a, like, we went to this really funny, like, restaurant where they give you these, like, lobster bibs just so you don't get, you know, can't speak. You just have to eat, you know. <laughs> that was great. That was some tasty food. But I'm also trying to trying to be a bit more vegetarian and conscious about the food I eat. So sometimes lobster is not the <laughs> most ideal thing. Why the vegetarian option for you? What sparked I mean, I'm, that? I mean, I'm not... I'm not heading I'm towards heading the towards vegetarian option. Reading and listening and learning more about the impacts of killing animals to eat them on the environment. So it's mainly been environmental stuff, but also, I guess, health for myself has been another equally important thing. I feel like I just feel a lot heavier and just like gluggier after I eat meat. I'm learning how my body responds to things better. Do you have a particular health regime? Are you a bit of a jogger? No, not really. I ride my bike. That's what I do. Long Ks though, or? Like 5Ks to ride to work. So, you know, 10 in the end of the day. That's all right. 10 it's times medium. 5, 50, yeah. 100 and a fortnight. Adds up. It all adds up. So what's your life hack to, to deal with that 24-7 time that musicians have? I reckon giving mental health days, as they can be called, just time to like literally do nothing. Maybe watch a movie. Don't work. And I'm bad at that. I'm like always usually working. But I'm getting better at giving myself time to not do that. Intrigues me, particularly not being a musician or a writer, that of the uh, the lovely secrecy for which some songs can have. Yeah. And that sense of cherished cat grin that composers and writers can have yeah, for when, it. when they know, but you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Does that give you a sense of joy, power, to know that people don't know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's also, hopefully people can get their own meaning from something. In my head, it's good to trying to be kind of vague. Maybe I'm bad at being vague. I need to <laughs> learn my vagueness. But I think it's good for people to get their own things out of it. So it's maybe better to not tell the whole story. What books are you reading? I've just been reading David Byrne's This Is Music. It's really great. It's nice that you can not have to go from start to end. You can kind of pick out bits and like try and use them. And it kind of makes me think a little bit more about how music is presented in a live mm-hmm. setting and visuals and yeah literally the, the atmosphere in the room and the stage size room size it's kind of been making me think about that a bit more and thinking about more unconventional places to play music in instead of the classic venues around with this release where should people be when they listen to it so from the person who makes the music where should we the listener be definitely not like particularly dancey music so definitely not in a dancier environment so I can rule that out I feel like a lot of the music I, I listen to is very introspective and I guess in the artist's head and very I guess almost like cinematic or very textural so maybe just in your own space wherever you're comfortable like by yourself environment when you yourself go record shopping as someone who produces the physical vinyl release yourself so when you go crate digging yep. what does David look for when he goes crate digging I haven't really had money to do that recently I guess I would go into and I do when I have money <laughs> into stores where I know the person who runs it and I kind of know the music that they like as well and then they can recommend things Northside Records is one of them so there's a sense of trust with the proprietor. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's important. I think that's been the really strong thing about record stores since their beginning, is the overly enthused record nerd behind the counter. 
as a musician artist, what gives you happiness? Mm. Um, more and more, like, the process of writing and recording, I'd say that is a very, like, satisfying life thing to do for me. Also, then, ideally, you want to take it into a live setting where people actually respond and enjoy it and we've been doing some Cactus Channel shows and you see people singing some lyrics and it's like, oh, that's nice. That's, that's a really nice feeling. But mainly the process of writing and recording it and exploring production and exploring sounds and making weird sounds and just kind of sometimes not putting a filter on is really nice. Sometimes life without a filter is good, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. David Thorpe, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. David Thor. Their debut mini album is called I'm Never Really Here and can be found on Bandcamp. Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Merch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia. Mm-hmm.